who the Lord is. Whoever has this, whoever owns this, uh, this donkey, they recognize who and what Jesus is. He goes on, and the story goes on in 32 and 33. Those who were set ahead went and found, and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied in verse, verse 34, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, they threw their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. This is celebration. This is gratitude. This is a hard life. It's a rough day. It's a rough life. But the king is entering, and now it's a time to celebrate. Now it's a time to realize, to say, to sing, to shout that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all of the people, the whole town, the whole area, takes part in this time of celebration, of worshiping Jesus. They threw their cloaks on, they threw their cloaks on the ground in a sign of thanksgiving, in a sign of reverence, in a sign of celebration. Verse 37, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, now there's many, there's not just 12, there's a whole lot of people, a bunch of people following Jesus as he enters Jerusalem. But the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they've seen, for all the things that Jesus has done, for all the things that Jesus has taught, for all the things that Jesus did for them, for the things that Jesus represents in the future, they all began to worship, praise, celebrate, and express gratitude. Is gratitude a common thing in our life? Is it common for us every day? to express to Jesus our thanksgiving for the very fact that we woke up that day, not by your own power, but by the power of Christ himself. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I hope you don't get embarrassed by celebration. I hope you don't get embarrassed by the expression of gratitude. I hope you don't go through life thinking that somehow or in some way it's inappropriate to thank God for who He is and what He is. On good days and bad days, doesn't matter. There is always a time to worship God. It's always appropriate to thank God for the very breath of life that is in you. But not everyone feels the same way. Verse 39, some of the Pharisees of the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Calm them down. I don't want to hear them celebrate. I don't want to hear them express gratitude. I don't want to hear them get excited about who you are, what you are. I don't want to hear them excited about the salvation that comes with Jesus. I don't want to hear people get excited about this eternal life that Jesus ushers in. I don't want people to get excited about Jesus. This is what the Pharisees are saying. But you know his response in verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, even the stones are going to cry out. I will be praised. All of creation is going to celebrate. All of creation is going to express its gratitude. This is the time to celebrate for these people. Do you want them to stay quiet? 
Do you want to stay quiet when you realize the blessing that happens in your life because of the salvation of Jesus? Do you want them to be morose? People treat following Jesus that way, unfortunately. It's almost in their own heads. Well, if I'm going to follow Jesus, it's got to be a drudge. It's got to be hard. It's got to be a pain. It's just got to be a life of complete sacrifice and never a life of experiencing a fullness from Jesus. Do you seriously want them to look at this life-changing blessing? Look at Jesus in the eye and say, thanks, but no thanks. Or say, is this it? Is this all there is? Don't turn your back on these types of moments. You'll notice them in your own life if you're looking for them. Don't turn your back, church, on days of refreshment, on days of rejoicing. By the way, don't turn your back on the testimony that comes with praise and celebration and gratitude. You know this, I know this, we've talked about this before. That if someone treats following Jesus strictly as a chore that must be endured, there are many people that watch that, see that, and say, I don't want anything to do with following Jesus. Why would I? It's just one big sadness after the other. This was a good thing happening, and the people needed to celebrate. You know, we're reminded in Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything. Time for war, time for peace, time to build up, time to tear down, time to sow, time to harvest, time for this, time for that. If you read through that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you're not going to find that there's a time to praise Jesus and not a time to praise Jesus. There's always a chance to praise Christ, to thank Him, to worship Him for who He is, what He is, and what He has done. These were good things happening and people needed to celebrate. Why? Because this was the entry of God Himself. But what if it's not? What if it's not the physical entry as the crowd is stirred up around you? What if it's not the physical entry of God itself? What if the good thing, the good day, is not the triumphal, triumphal entry of Jesus. Not the entry of the sun, but maybe a sunny day. What if the good thing is the rain on the field? What if the good day, the good thing, is the very shirt you're wearing on your back today? Or the friend that spoke to you this morning? What about the songs you just heard? What about the fact that you can hear them? Because I know folks who can't, right? How many good things, how many wonderful things that are gifts from Christ over, the, over which we can celebrate that we just don't, that we miss on a regular basis? And then we look at life or the world or the culture and we say, woe is me. Woe is me. 
It's all in how we see it, how we worship it. It's all in how we praise, how we love it, the way we perceive the blessings of Christ. If you walk into my barn, it's, um, we just had concrete put down. It was beautiful, wonderful, spotless. It doesn't look that way now, okay? And matter of fact, if you go in there, there's, there's black tire marks all over the floor. And, and it took about three and a half minutes after it was poured for that to happen. Sam in there with his bike and all kinds of things, you know, walk into a freshly poured concrete floor and you see him, you know, trying to spell his name with the back tire on the bike, you know. I was asked before by a friend of mine came over, he says, man, look at this. He says, doesn't that... I mean, aren't you a little upset by that? I said, not a bit. I said, because to me, every one of those marks represents a healthy little boy playing. That's what it represents. He's just signing his name on the driveway. That's fine with me. Many times the difference between joy and celebration or, or, or sadness or anger, is the way in which we see the blessings that are poured out to us and realize what they actually are and what they truly represent. Your Creator loving you and giving to you with both hands something that you and I did not earn. From their lesson on night three, kids love to celebrate. When something joyful happens, kids don't hesitate to cheer, shout, dance, and clap. But they may forget to celebrate life's smaller blessings, clean water, cozy naps, fun friendships, or a soft-stuffed animal. For most children, the day is filled with good things, and each one of those is a gift from God. What if we guided our kids to give their praises a purpose? What if we helped them to develop the habit of shining a spotlight on Jesus when things go well, or when blessings and grace are realized. I've said before that there's a psalm that I like to read to bring me into a time of prayer. I've mentioned this many times over the years. Brings me into a time of prayer and worship. And I don't use it all the time, but sometimes I do. In fact, most of the time, it's when days are really bad. It's Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Now, there's a number of different psalms that we can read and, and, and we can learn from, help shape our mind. But Psalm 103 really brings me into an attitude of, of worship, an attitude of celebration or gratitude. Psalm 103 says this, Praise the Lord. This is from David. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Now, David had a rough life. Yes, he was the king, but being the king isn't always that great sometimes. David actually had a very difficult life. He, his family was estranged. He was hunted as a fugitive. But this is David's reminder to himself. It's also instruction for you and me. And I think this is part of the problem. 
We don't remember and celebrate the goodness and the benefits that come with knowing Jesus Christ. And not, with, not, and not just with knowing Jesus, but receiving His grace as His creation. We are by nature forgetful creatures, but we don't have to be. We don't have to be forgetful creatures if celebration and gratitude is a way of life. We remember those things that are at the forefront of our mind, and the things that are not, we forget. Every single week, I forget to take the trash down to the end of the lane. I think without exception, over the past eight years living in this house, I have to be reminded every time. Because it's not at the forefront of my mind. I'm not thinking about it during the week. I'm not thinking about that on a regular basis. But I don't know that I've gone a day without at least once saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If they're on the forefronts of our mind, we can continue to remember them. We can live in them. We remember those things when we put reminders in place. It is worship to remember the goodness of God and to celebrate the blessings that He gives us. Verse 3 says this, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases. And frankly, it would be enough right there to stop. God that, that, that heals us, God that forgives our sins. I, I mean, I, I love and I desire the forgiveness of human beings, the forgiveness of God Himself. How great, how wonderful. How can we not celebrate that? if we have the right perspective, who redeems, verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. You see, these are the words I read when I want to get into an attitude of celebration, get into an attitude of worship, get into an attitude of prayer, get into an attitude of thanksgiving. I'm about ready to talk to the one who drew me up out of the pit, and not only that, crowns me eternally as one of his sons, as one of his members of royalty. And he does the same thing for you. Not only does he draw us from the pit and crown us with love and compassion, but he satisfies our desires. Those things the heart yearns for. He never does this at the expense of truth. He never does this at the expense of his character. But those things that the heart yearns for, he satisfies. As a matter of fact, Jesus says the same thing. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who seek wisdom, for they will be satisfied. Satisfies your desires with good things and renews your strength. James 1 reminds us of this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Every good and perfect, do you have good things? Do you have good things in your life? We're going to find out here in a second. Do you have the grace of God that is poured out? On to you, do you notice, do you recognize the grace of God that's poured out? Many people, you know, I've talked to people here in this church. How you doing today? And one of the things they, they like to say is better than I deserve. 
Some of them might think, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't think that. But they say, look better than I deserve. And it's this, it's this deep understanding that every day is a gift. James tells us the good and perfect things come from above. God is not, he cannot be the purveyor of evil things, of bad things. Do you understand that? That's not in his nature. That's not in who he is and what he is. It's not possible for him to participate in that which is evil. Now, he participates in discipline, but discipline to any sensible person you know is a good thing, right? Right? We do the same thing to our kids, discipline, to disciple, to come alongside of and teach, sometimes in a difficult way. But discipline, he gives, these are good things. God, it must be acknowledged, is the cause, the spring of every good thing that happens in your life. He is called by James, the father of lights. Matter of fact, he created the Father, or there he created the heavenly lights themselves, the light of the sun, the heavenly bodies. He's the one that said, let there be light. God here is, he's represented as the creator, but also in, in, in a, to a certain extent compared to the sun itself. The sun gives light, it gives warmth, it gives this ability for us to live, and the sun doesn't change. There's a lot of things on earth that change, and it feels like, seems like, we begin to think sometimes that the sun has disappeared, but the sun hasn't. It's still there providing the love, the light, the warmth, the salvation, Son, Jesus Christ. It rises and it sets, and we think perhaps the sun has disappeared, but it hasn't. It's just the world spinning. There are many things that alter our perception of the sun, but all of those things are evil, things that are invented by humanity. They are not true of the nature of God. There is no shadow in God's nature. What the sun does in its nature, God does in His grace, His providence, His glory, giving to every one of us. Every good gift is from Him. These good gifts that He continues to grant, wisdom, knowledge, purity, forgiveness, value. The fact that you can wake up every day and you know that you have a reason for being. All of these incredible benefits that God gives, protection, provision, and of course, even discipline. None of the bad, none of the dark ultimately overcomes the light. None of it, unless we allow it to, can eclipse the goodness of God and the grace that comes from Him. From God proceeds every good and perfect gift. It comes from pertaining to this life and life eternal. Praise Jesus when you win. Praise Jesus when you lose. Praise Jesus on good days. Praise Jesus on bad days. So I read. I read Psalm 103. And I'm prepared. I'm changed. My mind is brought into perspective. And I begin, as I've told you many times before, I begin with my shoes. 
And I start working up from there. I begin with my shoes. It's what I call thanksgiving from the ground up. Celebration from the ground up. Let me give you a little taste of this, and we'll close with this. Go ahead and close your eyes, please. And I don't want you to just think of what I'm going to say or the object. But if you could do me this favor, if you could do yourself this favor, I want you to think of thanking God the very, the very same way I do it many times, thanking God for what has been granted, the graces that we sometimes miss. And we're going to start the same way. We're going to start with our shoes. You've got shoes on today. Thank God for that. I have, I have more than one pair of shoes, in fact. And, and, and that's a gift. That's not something I've earned. That's a gift that God has given me. Every person in here, if you're not wearing shoes, it's, just, it's because of your choice. It's not because you have to. And there's people around the world who do not have shoes to wear. And you have shoes on right now. You walked into this place on this gravel parking lot, and you didn't give it another thought. This is a gift you've been granted. God has granted you with shoes, and we're going to work our way up. I want you to think of your legs. I want you to think of strength. I want you to think of mobility. I want you to think of the fact that you walked in here today. I want you to recognize that there are some, there are some who don't have this opportunity. And yet, here you are. Think about, forget the shoes now, think about the legs. The fact that God has granted you that gift today, and here it is. You can run, you can play, you can work, you can do all kinds of things because of this incredible blessing that God has granted you. I want you to move up a little further now. Let's, we've, we've thanked God for, for our legs. Now I want you to move up to your stomach. And now we talk about food. I didn't come here hungry today, church. If I didn't eat breakfast, it's because I chose not to. I get to, I get to have food whenever I want it. Sometimes too much. And not only that, I get to have a job. You get to have a job. You get to, if you want to, you can go to work and you can earn a living and have food on your table. Your kids get to have a full belly. And matter of fact, so much that you bring extra food in here to give to other people. That's what God's given you. Those are the good things that you should worship God for. Let's move up a little further. Now I go to my heart. I go to my heart and I think about all the people I love and all the people who love me. Thank God for that. Take this moment. Thank God for that. The people you love. Think about your family. Think about your friends. Think about the, think about the fact that you are forgiven for all the bad stuff you do. And God's forgiven me too because of Jesus. What a gift he has given me. What a gift he's given you when you think about your, your spouse, your kids. The fact that you know what love is, that you can express love to others. We didn't invent this. We don't even sustain it. But God has given this to me. 
And then when I'm done with my heart, I keep moving up and I look at my arms and I think of strength. I think of health. I think of vigor. And, and I also think of those who help heal me. Doctors, loved ones, friends, family. The fact that I can work. The fact that I can embrace my wife. That I can embrace my son. That I can shake somebody's hand here. All of this stuff is a gift that was given to me. I didn't do any of this. You didn't do any of this. Thank God for this. Thank God so far. And now I think about my head, my eyes that can see, my ears that can hear, my nose. You ever, you ever smell a, a scent and it takes your whole mind back someplace? What a gift that is. I didn't do that. I didn't do that for me. I look at my head and I think of reason and I think of intelligence. I think of planning. I think of all of these things that God has given to me that I didn't give to myself. Now I go up from there and I look at the sky and I thank God when it's raining and I thank God when the sun's shining. I thank God when the change of the seasons happen. And as I'm looking at the sky and I'm thinking about his wonderful creation, now I think to my house and I think, my goodness, you have given me some place to live. I get inside of our little house there at home and I feel like a king because of what God has granted me. Thank God for this. Thank God for this. And now I'm going to go up a little bit higher and I'm going to think about God himself and how he watches me. He thinks about me all the time. He cares about every single thing that happens to me all the time. The God that created the universe knows that we're doing this right here, right now. He basks in the fact that you, if you are thanking him, he loves it. He loves it. He says, that's the point of all the incredible blessings that I've given you. Now, before you end, I, I, want, you to, uh, I want you to end it. Don't just, don't just stop. I want you to talk to God. And I, I, just, I want you to end your prayer just the way you want to. You end that. When you're done, I want you to open your eyes and, and, and you can look up. But you end it. You end it the way you want you end it. When you're done, you can just look up here at my smiling face. Church, nobody's going to argue that the world you live in today is different than it was yesterday. And there's going to be a lot of people that have hard days. We know this. But church, every day, you have a chance to celebrate. Every day, you have a chance to reflect upon your life and how good God has been to you. How wonderful He has been to you. Because I don't know about you, but I know that in response to that wonderful grace of God, I have not been perfect 
There have been times that I haven't done what he wanted me to do. There have been times that I have done what he didn't want me to do. And yet, he still, still keeps pouring grace out upon my life. Shine Jesus' light when days are dark. Shine Jesus' light when people don't get along. But shine Jesus' light when it's time to celebrate, when things are good, the good gifts that he gives us every day. From the bottom up, church, thank God for who he is. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you for this. I, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. I, I, when good things happen, shine Jesus' light. Truth is, I think probably more good things happen than we realize. I think more good things happen than we think about. Good things happen all the time. Wonderful and beautiful things. Bad things happen too. There's hard days. There's hard seasons. But almost every one of those eventually comes to an end. But the good things, the good things that we just talked about just keep happening. They just keep happening. Remember that when you leave here. You are fortunate because of what God does in your life. Let's pray. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you have made us fortunate, that you have blessed us. Father, we thank you that you've blessed us in ways that we recognize. We thank you that you've blessed us in ways your grace has been poured out in ways that we, we don't even recognize and we won't know until we see everything, see the whole picture. But help us to be cognizant of those things, Father, to realize that that happens, that your grace is good, that your grace, your love, you sustaining us is sufficient for us. We thank you, Father, for the good days. Help us to celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Uh, quick reminder, and I was supposed to do this last service and I forgot, so I'll hear about that. Um, but uh, there are some take-home projects if you want one for Vacation Bible School. They're out at the Welcome Center, some take-home projects. They're projects that you can take home. That's, that's what they are. And you can work on them. So if that's something you'd like to do, you can do that. There's a, uh, there's a line in a movie that was put together by a church years ago. Um, I just lost the name of the movie. Uh, Facing the Giants is the name of the movie. In any event, there's a line in there 
where a football coach is telling his kids, he says, hey, look, we're going to praise Jesus if we win, and we're going to praise Jesus if we lose. That's just going to be what we do. That's how we're going to live our lives. Um, we have looked at praising Jesus, being the light of Christ on bad days, the days that seem dark, or days that um, when people don't get along. But it's just as important to know what it means and the importance of celebration, gratitude. Because we miss it sometimes. We miss it. And if we miss it, we'll miss our life. We'll miss what we were meant to be. We'll miss a lot of things about life. There's a water bottle, okay? Um bottle of water. I was told, see, we're going to use these. We're going to use some water bottles for vacation Bible school. We're going to use them for a, a project that they're going to do in, in crafts. And, um, and it's, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat little craft. I don't want to tell you about it, so I don't want to ruin the surprise. Uh, but this is, this is one of the things we're using. And so I was told, there's a bunch of these, uh, cases of these things, and I was told, hey, you have to drink the water from these because we need a bunch of these empty bottles. That's, that's the, the chore. And I was told by Katrina and others, if you're going to drink any water over the next month and a half, drink from here. Drink these bottles of water so we have some empty ones. The first day or two, that's fine. You do that like it's your job for 30 days. You get tired of water. I mean, you just about get, and they wouldn't, they're not letting me off the hook. I'll be in my, if I want to drink like juice or a pot, I have to go into my office and hide in the corner so I can. And then Katrina will yell at me from her desk, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Not water. She'll throw one of these things in here. Make sure you drink from these bottles. Yes, ma'am. Well, the other day, I, I walked into her, her office there, and I, I sat down at the table to pick up yet another bottle of water. And I looked at it. I said, I got to tell you, I said, I'm really getting tired of drinking these bottles of water. A couple of weeks ago, I was back and forth on an email with Kingdom Investments. Kingdom Investments, you might recall, is the mission that John Paul is a part of, and many of you remember John Paul. John Paul's sole mission in life is to bring water to people who have no water. Whole towns that have no water. And here I am, and you can ask Katrina about this. I even told her as soon as I said it, I felt really bad. I said, I can't believe I just said that. I have so much water, clean water, that I'm getting tired of it. And I expressed displeasure 
rather than expressing gratitude. I felt horrible about it. I even told her, I said, I have to tell you this because I feel bad about saying that. I, when, when, when you're turning down water, life isn't that bad, church. Right? When you're turning down water, life isn't that bad. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us right here today a gift, a gift of worship, a gift of, of, of coming together as friends and family, a gift of seeing you for who you are, what you are, and, and, and reflecting on our own life, Father, that celebration and gratitude shapes what we are supposed to be. Help us to be, help us to be challenged today, Father. Work in our hearts, our minds. Help us to open our eyes. Help us to set aside our pride, our, our blindness for a moment. To open our hearts to what could possibly be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you want to keep up, you can turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, although we're not going to be there real long today, but that is the message for night three of Vacation Bible School. Night three of Vacation Bible School is to shine Jesus' light or be the light of Christ, to reflect the character of Christ when good things happen, when good things happen. Now, we've already talked about shining Jesus' light on dark days, and we've talked about shining Jesus' light when people don't get along. But the lessons also remind us that good things happen all the time, and it's, it, it's important for us and for everyone else for us to celebrate those things, for us to express gratitude because of those things. Psalm 118 reminds us this is the day, and matter of fact, they're talking about the coming of Christ, they're talking about the Messiah, this is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice. We should be glad in that. This is not something that you have done or I have done, whether it's today or whether it's talking about the coming Messiah. That's nothing we have done. This is something God has done, and we ought to rejoice in it. We ought to celebrate. Celebration and gratitude, it's very important. We need to shine Jesus' light when good things happen. Now, for full disclosure, Luke has already given you this message, okay? He didn't tell me he was going to do that. I'm deciding whether or not I should be upset with him, but he already spoke to you about gratitude. He already spoke to you about the importance of celebration, the importance of a thankful heart. We're going to go into it a little bit deeper. To celebrate good things can actually be more difficult than we think. I've seen people miss this time after time. In fact, I've seen people's lives and attitudes crumble because they miss this. You know, even when we have an excess of good things, we're reminded in Psalm 30, I talk about Psalm 30 a lot, it's one of the things that moves my life and drives my life, but Psalm 30 reminds us that we could, in, in our good days or the, the much of life, we run the risk of forgetting God. We start thinking that we deserve these things, and we bask sometimes in the gift, but not the giver of that gift. And furthermore, we often forget to celebrate all of the wonderful things, the various things in life that God does for us. Lack of gratitude, church, lack of celebration can often lead 
to discontentment. It can lead to fear. It can lead, as Luke has already mentioned, lead to anxiety. I had a whole section talking about the changes in the brain when we do this, but since Luke ruined it for me, I'm going to leave that out. He already talked about all that stuff, how the brain, the mind actually changes when you express gratitude or when you are discontent in life and the difference between it. We can pray, and we do. We can pray earnestly. We can petition during bad storms in life. We can pray earnestly to God, be in the throne room of God, and petition God when we see storms on the horizon. But are we in the throne room of the worship of God when there's not a cloud in the sky? When there's not a cloud in the sky? These are the moments that we need to be expressing the goodness, the light of Jesus Christ even then. There is a time for gratitude. There is a time for celebration. And I think perhaps it is more often than we, than we think it is. Celebration is good. It is right. Celebration gives us strength. In uh, Luke chapter 19, we see the entry of Jesus. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Christmas story. Uh, this night three of Vacation Bible School, we're going to talk about the Easter story or things around the Easter story. Uh, and we've, you know, these are, these are all important to expressing and understanding the expression of light in our lives. Luke chapter 19, verse 28 starts, Jesus said this, He went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. He's about to enter the city. As He approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, He sent two of His disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one's ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. So he is sending some of his disciples to one of his servants' house. At least he's sending it to the house of someone who knows who he is, who understands who Jesus is and the importance of Jesus' ministry. All they have to say is, the Lord needs it. And of course, this servant is going to say, yes, by all means, please take what I have so that it may be used. And sure enough, this is what um, this is what they do in, in verses uh, 32 through 33. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as they were told. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. And so they brought the colt to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. This was the beginning of the celebration. The Savior of mankind is now entering into our midst, entering into our presence. And in fact, not only do they begin to celebrate, Jesus encourages the celebration as He is the Messiah. You see, up to this point in Jesus' ministry, almost every time He does something, or performs a miracle, many times when he teaches a lesson, many times, he will say to the crowd or he'll say to the recipient of it, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, because my time has not yet come. Don't tell anybody because I still have work to do. Now, Jesus is about ready to enter Jerusalem. People are beginning to celebrate, express their gratitude to him, and he says, keep it up. Now's the time. Keep up celebrating. Because the king is entering, your savior is entering, your Messiah, your God is entering your presence. And so, they begin to celebrate. They're spreading their cloaks on the road, this sign of gratitude 
and humility. In verse 37, when he came near where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples, and this is many disciples, this is not just 12, there's a bunch of disciples at this point, a large crowd of people following Jesus, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. And they've seen miracles for the past three years from this man walking around, teaching, preaching, telling them that the kingdom of God is near. At this point, it's the time to celebrate, and it's the time for gratitude, the time for expression. Whole crowd of disciples began to sing. Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Sometimes, though, people get, um, they get embarrassed to celebrate, right? They get embarrassed to sing. They get embarrassed to dance. They get embarrassed to clap their hands. One of my favorite stories is David bringing the ark into Jerusalem, and he's dancing before the ark, and his wife says, cut that out. Stop that. You're embarrassing yourself. And David basically says, you think I've embarrassed myself then? Wait and see what I'm going to do when it comes to my worship of the Lord, if you think that's embarrassing. Many people, they are reserved when it comes to their celebration, even though their heart says, this is my God, my King, this is my Savior. Some people think it's, it's, it's not appropriate. You ever, you ever uncover the person who thinks, well, if I'm going to follow Jesus, it's got to be a drag? If I'm going to follow Jesus, it's just got to be one boring thing after the other. Instead of freedom, following Jesus is a prison. There's many people who not only are there human beings who think that way, but there's even people who follow Jesus think they're supposed to act that way, which is completely contrary to what God says, completely contrary to the benefit of celebration and gratitude. But here we have some Pharisees. What do they say in verse 39? Some of the Pharisees of the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Don't let them celebrate. Don't let them express gratitude. Don't let them sing with joy. This is ridiculous. You quiet them down. Of course, you know what Jesus said. Verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, even the stones are going to cry out. The rest, if they don't sing, if they don't celebrate, if they don't express their gratitude, the rest of creation is going to, and they're going to miss it. And so are you. The rest of creation loving their creator. He says, this is a time to celebrate. Do you really want people to be quiet in this moment? Would you have been? Do you want people to be morose? The wet blanket or whatever you do. Don't laugh. Don't sing. Don't cheer. Don't express those gratitude. Don't celebrate. Do you seriously want people? Do you do it? Do you look at life-changing blessing in the eye and say, thanks but no thanks. I'm good enough eternal life in the eye and say thanks but no thanks. Do you ask yourself, is this all there is? Is this it? Don't turn your back, church. Do not turn your back on moments of celebration. Do not turn your back on moments of gratitude, on days of refreshment, days of rejoicing. Don't turn your back on the testimony that comes with praise and celebration and gratitude. And you know what I'm talking about. The testimony that comes with celebration. I'm telling you, I've, I've seen, I've met professed Christians. And I say to myself, I don't want to be anything like you. You believe, you believe that? It's true. It's real. 
I've met people who claim the name of God, and I say to myself, I hope I'm not like them, hating life, have no idea what it means to celebrate, have joy, gratitude, sing, praise, jump around, get up, get down, jump around. No idea. Morose. There's an incredible testimony when it comes to praise and celebration and gratitude. This is a good thing, and people need to celebrate it. There's a time for everything. You know, Ecclesiastes, you will find, Solomon writes, he reminds us, look, there's, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, a time for war, a time for peace, time to uproot, time to build, a time to plant, time to harvest, time to do this, time... You can read through that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You're never going to find there's a time to worship Jesus and a time not to. (laughs) There's a time to praise Jesus and a time not to. He he doesn't say that. There's a time to praise your God and your maker, the one that pours out grace upon you every single day, whether it's in the form of the rain or the form of the sunny day. There's always a time for celebration. There's always a time for gratitude. There's not always good days. Some days there's hard days, difficult days. But there's never a specific time to praise God. You should always be praising God. And here we have in Jerusalem the entry of God Himself into their midst as the creation. That's a time to celebrate. But, but what if it's not? What if, what if the good day, the good thing, is not the entry of the Messiah into the city? What if the good thing is not the triumphal entry of Jesus? What if it's not the entry of the sun, but rather a sunny day? What if that's the good thing? What if it's the rain on the field? What if it's the shirt that you're wearing that's on your back today? What if the good thing, the good day, is the friend you spoke to this morning? Or the songs you just heard? Or what about this? The fact that you could hear them. What if that's the good thing, the good day? How many good things are there over which we can celebrate and express gratitude, but we just don't? And we don't because we miss them. We miss them because we're not looking for them. We don't have the proper perspective of what they are. We have, uh, you should see my, my, my barn at home. Um, we put a floor in it. We put concrete in it, I think, last year. I think. It was, I think it was last year. Poured concrete, me and my brother-in-law. It's always fun working with your brother-in-law, isn't it? Um, Anyway, we poured concrete in this, and if you look at it, it was beautiful. I mean, it was just spotless, pristine, wonderful, and I just wanted to stand there and just look at it, you know. If you look at it today, it doesn't look that way. It's got black bicycle marks all almost covering the whole thing, just everywhere. There was one in the corner of the barn. I don't even know how it got there. It was beautiful and pristine, and now, and that lasted a day, I think. Then Sam got in there with the bike, and it's just, you know. 
And someone was looking at me, maybe it was my brother-in-law, I don't know who it was. Someone was looking at it the other day, and they said, man, this floor's a mess. They said, Did, you know, does this upset you or anything? I said, not a bit. Not a bit. Because every one of those little marks to me just represents a little healthy boy who's there playing around, having fun, out willing and able to ride a bike and play. Every one of them, you know, he's just, he just, in his own way, signing his name right there, you know, signing the floor. When we see things as the gift that they are, the perspective that they actually are, we can find an incredible amount of gratitude and even celebration in some of the everyday things. Or we could just miss them. Miss the beauty of every day, and then we look at life, or we look at the world, or we look at the culture in which we live, and we say, woe is me. Woe is me. What a horrible life I've been given. From our actual lesson for night three of Vacation Bible School says this, kids love to celebrate. When something joyful happens, kids don't hesitate to cheer, shout, dance, and clap. But they may forget to celebrate life's smaller blessings, clean water, cozy naps, fun friendships, or a soft stuffed animal. For most children, most children, the day is filled with good things, and each one of those is a gift from God. What if we guided our kids to give their praises a purpose? What if we helped them develop the habit of shining a spotlight on Jesus when things go well or when blessings and grace are realized? You know, I've said before that, that I've taught, I think I've probably said this a lot of times over the years, Psalm 103 is particularly special to me. I, I use Psalm 103 to enter into a time of prayer, to enter into a time of celebration, to enter into a time of gratitude. And if you never read Psalm 103, I encourage you to do that, especially the next time you want to enter into the throne room to prepare your heart and your mind. Um, in fact, if you've never done it, I would read through it, and then if, if you want to sit down with me and just go through it together, it's, it's, it blows your mind when you really start breaking down Psalm 103. Um, I don't use it all the time, but many times I do. Psalm 103, this is a psalm of David, and I'm only going to read a couple of verses here, but David writes this, praise the Lord, O my soul. And David had good days and bad days, all right? He, had, he, had, he was the king. I mean, that's a good day. He took down Goliath. He had people cheering for him when he would enter town. I mean, that's a good day. He had bad days too. Good days, he was the king. Bad days, he was the king. <laughs> he had his family. He was estranged from his family. He, uh, he was on the run as a fugitive. Some people trying to kill him all the time. I mean, he had good days and bad days. He writes this, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise your holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. This is David's reminder to himself. It's instruction for you and me. And again, I think that's part of the problem. We don't remember and celebrate the goodness and the benefits that come with knowing Christ. And not just knowing Christ, but receiving grace as his creation. We're forgetful people. We're forgetful creation. We're creatures. That's by nature we are. 
But the things that are in the forefront of our mind, we don't forget. If gratitude, celebration, thanksgiving is a natural, everyday part of our life, then that begins to change the way we see life. As Luke already mentioned, you cannot have at the same moment, occupying the same mind, gratitude and anxiety. Celebration and anxiety. It doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> I will preach on. We remember those things that are on the forefront of our mind. As long as we've lived in the house that we live in, I think we've lived there for seven or eight years now, every single week, I still forget to take the trash down the end of the lane. Every single week. Ashley still has to remind me every Wednesday morning, every Wednesday morning, she has to say, hey, did you take the trash down last night at the end of the lane? I said, no. I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know, because it's not the forefront, I don't think about it, I don't think about that, I don't think about that every week, every day, every moment, but the things we do think about, we remember. How often does celebration and gratitude consume your thoughts? Because I suspect that there are some in this room, some, by some I mean many in this room, where the majority of our thoughts are not necessarily celebration and gratitude, but the majority of our thoughts or bad, or anxiety, or trouble, or worry. And we forget to thank God for all the wonderful things in our life. We remember the things that we put reminders in place for. It is worship, church, to remember the goodness of God. Verse 3, He forgives your sins and He heals your diseases. Look, this would be enough. We could stop right here. We could close the whole book. Jesus forgives my sins and He heals me, not just temporally, but eternally. This is what God does for you and for me, because I've sinned against God. I've done things that God didn't want me to do. I've not done things that God did want me to do, and frankly, there are some times I am overcome with guilt. I don't pay the price for guilt. I'm overcome with embarrassment because of those things. And yet, what does God do? Here's the free gift of salvation through my son, accepted or rejected. And I get to choose that. Forgives my sins, heals me. Who redeems, in verse 4, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. You were in the pit. Pit of death, the pit of despair, right? You were in the pit of sin. You were in the pit of hopelessness, and Jesus reaches in and pulls you out. You didn't pull yourself out. That's not possible. You didn't work yourself out. You didn't do good enough to get yourself out. Jesus pulls you out of the pit. And not only that, he now crowns you as the royalty that you are. I guess I'm wondering if we even have any concept of what has been given to us through Jesus Christ. Do we think about it? Do we express celebration and gratitude because of it? Verse 5, satisfies your desires with good, th good things and renews your strength. James 1, 1 tells us this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Church, God is not. He cannot be 
the author of evil things. It's literally contrary to his very nature. Good things come from God. So where do the bad things come from? Good things come from God. Where do the bad things come from? You know the answer. Good things come from God. Where's the bad thing come from? Everything that represents evil. That's allowed to be a part of evil. By the way, you're right. The deceiver, the Satan. But only about half. Maybe a quarter. Where's the rest of it come from? Hmm? Right here. That's what Paul tells us. Paul tells us the, 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 the sin in your life is not outside oppression working on you. It is the sin in you, he says. God, God is good. The gifts of God are good. The blessings, the grace of God is good. He doesn't participate in that which is evil. Certainly not when it comes to gifts from above. Acknowledge that He is the cause. He is the spring of everything good that happens in this creation and in your life. He is the Father of lights. That is, He created the lights of the heavens. And now we see almost a comparison between God and the very stars themselves. They do not change. They continue to provide light. They continue to provide life and warmth. God doesn't move. He doesn't change. He continues to pour out, as the sun does, pour out grace upon His creation. It may seem on days that He's not there. It may seem on days that the sun has disappeared, but it hasn't, has it? It's just because of clouds. It's just because of things that happen on the earth. The sun doesn't move. It doesn't change. Neither does God. That grace, that love, that power continues to go from Him to you and me. All good things. Sometimes we just don't see it. We don't notice it because we're not looking for it. We're not dwelling upon it. There is no evil. There is no changing of God. The sun doesn't move. God doesn't move. His glory, His providence, every good thing is from Him. Inspiration is from Him. Wisdom is from Him. Knowledge is from Him. Forgiveness, faith, purity. All of these things that come to you from God are because of Him and not because of you. He is the perfecter, not only of the universe, but of you, your heart, your mind. There are many reasons to celebrate, church. Whether it's dark days or great days, it doesn't matter. We will praise you when we win. We will praise you when we lose. I told you I used Psalm 103. And... Sometimes I do it when good things happen. Sometimes I do it on the good days. Most usually, though, I do it on the bad days. When things are really bad. When it feels bad. And I want to see the good. I want to see the beautiful grace that God pours out to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, want you to, I want you to do this with me. I'm going to... I've talked to people about this before. I just want to walk you through what I do. Okay? I read Psalm 103. It prepares my heart, prepares my perspective, my mind. 
And then I start what I call from the ground up. I start from the ground up prayer. I go from down to up, looking at the wonderful work of God in my life. So here's what I want you to do. I want you, please, uh, close your eyes for a minute, please. And I'm going to lead you through the same thing I talk about. I don't want you to be as fixated on the thing, but I want you, please, to thank God, okay? I want you to thank God. And I want you just a million things run through our mind, especially when our eyes are closed, okay? Let's just, the next three minutes, I start at the bottom, and you guys know this, I start with my shoes, and I thank God that I have shoes on. I have shoes on today. Matter of fact, I have more than one pair of shoes. I get to pick in the morning what shoes I wear. I walked across the gravel parking lot today, and I didn't even give it a second thought because I have shoes on. I didn't earn these shoes. I didn't invent them. But they, they were granted to me. This is a gift. Not only that, there's people that don't have them. And here I am with multiple pairs of shoes that God has given me. Thank Him for that. That's an incredible gift. From my shoes, I work up and I, I start thinking about my legs. I start thinking about my body and I move up to my legs. I think about the fact that I can run and I can jump I can play. I think about the fact that I can work. I think about, I reflect on people that I know that can't do that. And I thank God, how, why would you grant me, why would you bless me that much that I can move around freely? This incredible gift that you've given me. You used them today. You're here using them. This is a gift that God has given us. Thank Him for that. Thank Him for the fact that you're mobile. Then I move up to my belly, <laughs> and I thank God that it's filled with food, food. I, I, I ate breakfast this morning, and I didn't have to. I could choose whether or not I ate breakfast, and I get to eat whenever I want. I get to enjoy the bounty of God's creation. You get to do the same thing. You've eaten food today. Not only that, church, thank God for this. You have so much food that you bring some here to the church so that it can be given away to other people. Think about that gift that you've been given. I think about all the wonderful things God's granted me. I think, when I think about my food, I think about the fact that people in this church, me, you, we have jobs and we can go to work, and we can earn money, and we can buy more food, and we can put it on our table, and our kids can eat. I thank, I thank God for that, that He has granted that ability to you and to me, the opportunity to you and me. I move up a little further then, and I go to my heart. Now I start talking about love. You see, I look at my heart, and I start talking about forgiveness. I start talking to God and thanking God for friends and family. I start thanking God for my loved ones. Church, I get to my heart and I start thanking God for you, people in this room. And I thank God, what have you done? What have, I haven't done anything. What have you done? This grace that you've poured out upon me. 
I thank God that I've married someone who's better than I am. And I mean every word of that. What a gift. What a gift. And so I think of my heart and the fact that my heart is pure by God's grace, not by my own. Forgiveness. And then I keep moving right up the body and I go to my arms. Now, to to me, when I'm praying, my arms are strength. My arms are ability or opportunity. And I think about opportunity. I think about strength. I think about job. I think about the fact that I can embrace people. I think about the fact that I can shake somebody's hand. I think about the fact that I have many, many ways in which to express my life. I keep moving up and I think of my head, my eyes that I can see my ears that I can hear, my nose that I can smell. You've smelled before, and a whole wave of memories comes back to you. You ever experienced that? What a gift that is. What a gift. I think about my eyes and how I know people whose eyes are broken. I think about my ears. I know people whose ears are broken. Their lives aren't broken, but their ears are, and, and, and I have this gift that God has given me. I'm still thinking about my head, and this is really where, where I really like to go. I like to thank God for reason, for intellect. I like to thank Him for imagination. I like to thank Him for all of the wisdom that I can pursue, the fact that I can think. Sometimes I don't use that gift. Uh, but it's a gift that he's given to me, and I thank him for that. And then I just keep moving up. I start looking at the sky, and I start thinking about rain and sunshine. I start thinking about the change of seasons, and I thank God for that. And as I'm thinking about that, I go back to my home and about the fact that I am protected. I'm kept warm in the winter and dry when it's raining because God has granted me a castle. He's granted me a palace and I get to be the king of it. All of these things that I did not do, I did not create, I did not earn, I don't deserve all of this wonderful stuff, this, this, this love and this grace and this forgiveness that God pours out upon me. And I thank God for the very life that He breathed into me. And you talk about a change of perspective, church. And usually then I I close. And I'm not going to tell you how to close. I want you to thank God. And then I want you to close this time just on your own. I don't want you to just end. I want you to to walk away. I want you to back out of that conversation that you're having right now. However you want to do it. However you want to do it. And when you're done, take your time. When you're done, you can look up, see my smiling face. But you just, you end that any way you want. Take your time on it. I know that it is, I know that today is not the same world or the same circumstances that we lived in yesterday. I realize that some days are really hard for some people. 
But I also realize that you have an opportunity to celebrate and to be thankful every single day. Every day, church. Every day, you can replace anxiety with celebration. Because remember, the two can't exist at the same time. They can't occupy your mind at the same time. You can replace those things with celebration, with the beauty of the grace of God. There are many things that I want in life. But time after time, God tells me, look, same thing He told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is what you need. My grace is what you need. Celebrate, church. Let's thank Him for our time. Father, we do thank You. We thank You for this. We thank You for perspective that we can gain. We thank You, Father, that good things happen. And all of that good comes from You. We know bad things happen, but we also know wonderful things happen. Father, help us to look at that. Help us to see that. Father, we will be tempted. When we leave this place, we will be tempted to forget everything that we have just talked about. We will be tempted to forget the fact that we just thanked you for everything that happens in our life. Don't let us, Father. Don't let us. Don't let us forget. Help us to celebrate, to realize that we are blessed and blessed again, that you give with both hands, Father, on great days and on bad days. Help us to celebrate as we enter into the presence of the King. As Jesus came into Jerusalem, we get to enter into your throne room every day as forgiven and righteous and pure of heart. And we haven't done anything to deserve that. What a gift you have given us. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and sing. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the 
Reason to celebrate, and there is reason 